0: Praise you, Jesus. Let's just open our hearts today and uh, pray before we get into the Word. I know the Lord is going um, to touch your heart today, and he's going to do something miraculous because... I believe this message is from God. I believe it's a now word. It's a, it's a word in season uh, for us in the body of Christ because um, I believe for the days that are to come, it's necessary and, uh, for us to walk in the courage and boldness that God has for us. So just lift your hands to the Lord today. Father, we come before you today and we ask, Spirit of God, that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Speak to us through your word, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So we're finishing our series today on Courageous. And um, uh, so we are actually going to finish it today. Um, all going well. So Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. I want to read here. And um, it says, praise you Jesus. Before I find out what it says, I'm going to uh, uh, just grab my glasses. They're in there in a little black case. So glory to Jesus praise the lord this this would be good. <clears throat> uh, uh, just one other thing is um where is joel joel come up here brother joel is from uh, singapore he's been over here with uh, quite a number of years he's been faithfully serving and um praise the lord just jump up here brother just just show him your appreciation today He's he's heading back home he's been faithfully serving in the camera team and the ushers and so many other ways. Whenever we've needed somebody, he's been there. And, you know, this is the beauty of the body of Christ. If you could just stretch your hands. Lord, we just pray a blessing over Joel today, Lord. We thank you for his life. We thank you, Lord God, for going before him, Lord. We thank you, Father, for you've made provision for every need that awaits him, Lord God. You're going to order his steps. And we thank you for his life. And we thank you for the blessing that he has been to us, Lord. He has such a Christ-like character, Lord God. He's always been a blessing and such help, Lord, and we just thank you, Father, that you're going to bless him mightily as he goes back home to his nation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's start again. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, and it says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, and it says, But no one is justified by the law on the side of God, is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38, and it says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back my soul, there's no pleasure in him. So three times here in the New Testament, it says the same thing, the just shall live by faith. Because you see, faith must be a lifestyle, Amen faith must be a lifestyle for us faith and not fear our frustration must be our default response in every situation you see we choose faith amen hallelujah i think this is important that we can choose faith it's not like i said uh, over the last number of weeks it's not a feeling it's not an emotion it's a choice you can choose faith in jesus name Amen? So we choose faith in every situation. And, um, you know, we've been talking about courageous faith over the last four weeks because ultimately that's the only type there is because there is no such thing as cowardly or fearful faith. Um, Matthew chapter 14, 27 uh, says in the Amplified, But instantly he spoke to them saying, Take courage, I am. Stop being afraid. You see, we are called to be courageous. Amen. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 3. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. I love that song. You know, I'm no longer a slave to fear. And that's what the Bible says that we're, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. It doesn't mean that you won't feel fear uh, or that you won't be tempted to fear, but again, that w- we don't have to surrender to it because. Fear must never dictate our decisions because fear will hold you captive and stop you from walking in your promised land. You know, God, God planted a garden for Adam. In, 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 we read this in Genesis, God planted a garden for Adam, but he's also planted a garden for you, amen? God knows what you're called to do. He knows, he, he declared in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you hope in the future. and a future. You know, while God has planted a garden for us, it takes faith to possess the promises. God told Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. This was a command, not a suggestion. Amen. And so there's no use us taking the attitude, oh, Pastor John, that's just the way I am. I'm a, a, a warrior. I'm this, I'm that. No. Uh, the Bible says you're more than a conqueror. And it says, be strong and courageous. And, and this is the thing. You know, we see the challenges of life must always be met with faith and fortitude because some of you sitting here today are going through all sorts of trials and challenges, amen? Some of you, like I said, it might be bills you can't pay or kids that are far from God or a marriage that's going through a a, a tough time or maybe you're battling with despair or depression or you're believing for a home or a spouse or maybe you've been given a negative diagnosis by a doctor. I mean, the list just goes on and on in terms of what people may be facing but what do you do when you have done all that you can do you know when your promises when the promises that you desire lie so far beyond your grasp that it seems utterly impossible because this is where joshua found himself between a rock and a hard place you know, a barren desert behind him and a land of promise before him that was filled with giants and enemies who, and, and armies who were determined to fight him every step of the way. I mean, it seemed like a suicide mission. And yet God had called him to conquer. I mean, what would he need more than anything else? Courage. Amen? Courage to step forward and take the land that God had promised to his fathers. But as I said, each week the difference between a promise and a possession is courage. Courageous faith that refuses to back down, tone down, or take no for an answer. Because Joshua had spent his life, you know, he could have spent his life looking over the Jordan, you know, with wishful thinking, thinking, oh, if only there weren't giants in the land. But this is the thing, wishful thinking accomplishes nothing. And sadly, that's how so many people live their lives, excusing sin, failure, mediocrity, and compromise, simply because they lack the courage to reach for their destiny and fight for their dreams. You see, you will have to reach for your destiny and you will have to fight for your dreams. You're not gonna give it, hand it to you on a silver platter, amen? The enemy is gonna fight you every step of the way. But this is the promise we have, of that we will be strong and we will be courageous. We can step in to everything that God has promised to us, amen? And so this is why it's so important because you know people who take this attitude invariably fall short You know, unless they have courage without courage it's not going to happen and that's how many people live and sadly die i might have been married i could have been holy i should have answered the call that sums up many people. I had opportunity, but I lacked courage. You know, what a terrible way it is to live in fear and die with regret. I wish I could have, I should have, I might have, etc. You know, there's a saying that man cannot discover new oceans unless he has courage to lose sight of the shore. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You know, we're, we're dealing with that at the moment because, you know, it's a chicken and egg situation. We want to buy a house, but in order to buy a house, you have to sell your house. You have to be willing to sell your house without necessarily having the promise of another one. And so, you know, this is how it works. Sometimes you have to be willing to let go of the shore behind you in order to reach new ones. And so too, we must have courage to go beyond our comfort zones in the pursuit of God's pr- purpose. You know, courage, amen. Courage to hold fast to our confession of faith in spite of what we may see, feel, or hear. So the question is, what are you willing to risk uh, to fulfill your destiny, to step into God's plan? You know, will you believe God for a miracle? Like Paul the Apostle declared, when all hope was lost, I believe God, it shall be, even as it was told me. He declared that in the middle of a storm, where, you know, even the, the, the seamen had given up hope of a of, uh, survival, and yet in the middle of it, we hear the voice of faith rising up. Take courage, man, for I believe God, it shall be, even as it was told me. Sometimes you have to just hang on to the promise of God, like the Bible says says after having done all to stand stand therefore Amen? Sometimes you will have to stand and you may look ridiculous. You may look like you're a failure. You might look like it's all over. But you know what? The Bible says, after having done all to stand, keep standing because God will come true. Be under no illusions, child of God. Life is a battle. And if you want to survive and thrive, you will have to learn to fight. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So whatever you're facing today, the Lord has already overcome it in Jesus' name. And you're going to overcome as well. And that's why before we finish this series, I want us to look at the faith of the three Hebrew children. Daniel chapter 3. Because I believe their story is proof that sometimes faith will take you straight through the fire. Amen. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We all love when God brings us around, but sometimes God brings us through. You know, you may be sitting here today and say, you know what? I'm going through something. Well, I'm always reminded of the words of Winston Churchill. If you're going through hell, keep going. Amen. Don't stop there. Don't quit. Don't give up. Press through in the name of Jesus. Could somebody say, amen, I'm coming through this. (laughs) Daniel chapter three. And um, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits, it's width uh, 6 cubits, it was approximately 90 feet high. He set it up in the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar um, uh, sent, uh, sent word to gather together, he satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counsellors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come together to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. You know, Satan likes to make things official. But remember, just because something is official or just because something is codified in law doesn't mean it's right. We have to know what the Word of God says because we're living in a day where there is so much confusion. And here he decides to make it law and... um, (laughs) let me just add by the way his civilization uh, was wiped out so just because you make things legal doesn't mean that you're on God's pathway or that you're not on the pathway to destruction and anyway, he set up this image. And it says, so the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, um, all the officials were gathered together. And uh, for the image, Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image, ne- Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a the herald cried out, to you it is commanded, all people, nations and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, that you shall fall down and worship the gold image, the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up the devil is always after worship you can have your faith but just compromise it and, and you, you, we saw the same thing with the early Christians where they were told just make a sacrifice say Caesar is Lord you walk away with your life um, but you know, they, they decided there were some things more dear than life itself, and that was their faith. And it says, Whoever does not fall down and worship before shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And so, at the time, when the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the larp, uh, the symphony, with all kinds of uh, music, it says that the. All the people, the nations and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And you know, uh, so this is the, the, the spirit of Antichrist which is about uh, compulsion. You know, Re- Revelations 13 talks about... Um, And he causes all, rich and poor, slave and free, to take a mark in their hand um, that no one will be able to buy and sell unless he who has the mark. And so we understand that the mark will be including some form of worship, some form of of compelled uh, worship. And, um, you know, compelled worship isn't worship, it's slavery. Uh, and, and so, again, this is a decision I think many of us will have to make that decision in our hearts about you know uh, make that unqualified committal of our lives to the Lord no matter what the consequences are. And we see this, that there were uh, three um, uh, Hebrew children who decided they would not compromise and so they were brought before the king and verse thirteen, Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and saying, "Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image I've set up? Now, if you're ready at this time when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the larp, uh, and psaltery uh, and fall down and worship the image which I've made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the god who will be able?" to deliver you from my hands so remember we're not the first generation to be threatened and we won't be the last shadrach meshach and abednego answered and said "O nebuchadnezzar we've no need to answer you on this matter if this is the case that our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire new furnace and he will deliver us from your hand O king but if not let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. The expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and commanded that the heat of the furnace be uh, seven times more than it was usually heated. And they threw the men in to the burning fiery furnace. And um, in verse uh, 24 It says, verse 23, The three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, Did we not cast these men, three men bound into the midst of the fire? They said, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see the four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out in the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together when they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and uh, yielded their bodies that they should not serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can save or who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what I, I love about this story? I believe it's very relevant to where we are and where we're going. And it's something I believe the church needs to to, uh, hear because it takes courage to say, no, I won't compromise my convictions even though it costs me. This is not a day for Jacob faith. Lord, I will serve you as long as you do this, this, and this. This is a day for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faith. But if not, but if this doesn't happen, Lord, I'm still going to serve you. But if I happen to lose my job or I lose friends or people judge me or malign me, I'm still going to serve you because I'm convinced that you are God. You know, Daniel 3.16, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we've no need to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O oh king. But if not. Be it known to you a king, we will not serve your gods or worship your golden image that you have set up. But if not, you know, Martin Luther King gave a very powerful sermon called, but if not, based on on Daniel chapter 3. And 2,600 years later, we still feel the strength of this statement, but if not. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit like the, the song, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Have you made that decision? I've decided to follow Jesus without reserve and without apology. Because to say this to a king who had never been questioned or contradicted in his life was nothing short of a death sentence. You know, the golden image was a symbol of Nebuchadnezzar's power, glory, and right to rule. And these three God-fearing Hebrew men courageously refused to bow before this abomination. Remember, the Ten Commandments, one of them is you shall not make a graven image. You shall not bow down and worship it. But by defying the king, they had set themselves up as enemies of the state, and they would be punished accordingly. It was Martin Luther King once said, one has a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. There comes a time when a moral man can't obey a law which his conscience tells him is unjust. And speaking on Daniel chapter 3, he said, these men were saying, I must be disobedient to a king in order to be obedient to the king. And we must come to that place, church, where we decide, is Christ king? Does he come before your boss? Before your president? Does he come before the court of social media? I'm not talking about disrespecting or hating anybody. We love everybody. But there is a place in our heart that belongs to God and God alone. And this is why in the face of the burning fiery furnace, these three men said, but if not, we will not compromise. We will not bow down. Yes. Ecclesiastes 1.9, what has been will be again. And what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. The challenge these men faced to conform and to compromise is really no different to the pressure that some of you feel today. Pressure to embrace the values of a hedonistic, narcissistic society that mocks God and denies truth. Anyone can call themselves a Christian. Jesus said, by your fruits you will be known. Why did you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Are you living for Jesus? Pressure to embrace the values, like I said, of the society that surrounds us. You know, a bit like the modern day pressure to celebrate Pride Month. But what the the world calls pride, God calls perversion. I know that's politically incorrect, and that's difficult to say. Being mindful of the fact that most of us have people that we love and respect who are involved in that lifestyle. But remember, God is God, defines right and wrong. And therefore, no, I can't celebrate that. Because the Bible doesn't celebrate it. The Bible places it under vice, not virtue. And so you will have to choose in these days to come. Comfort, convenience, or conviction. And remember, listen, let's not focus on just one. All sexual sin outside of marriage, that's all sex outside of marriage is sin. You know, let's not demonize anybody. But remember, God has a very narrow way for us to walk. It is a choice. The narrow path or the wide way. For one pathway terminates in heaven and the other terminates in hell. So listen, if you're not walking on that narrow path, that's not where you're going to end up. Matthew 7 verse 3, enter in by the narrow gate, for wise is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many are they who enter by it. So don't be under any illusions. God is a holy God and his standards don't change for anyone. We mustn't conform to a fallen world and its ever-changing standards. We must conform to God's word. That's why Romans 1, I beseech you, brethren, by Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we can't be, you know, Chameleons seeking to fit in to a lost and a fallen world. But just like Goliath, sometimes the giants we face can seem just too big to confront. And that's why we need courage to conquer. Because the idol, uh, you know, was the equivalent height of an eight or nine story building. I'm sure it was very Intimidating. Uh, you know I'm sure you, 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 you looked and you felt very small standing next to it and standing before the king and all of his grandeur and his wealth and his power and his influence. You know it was intimidating because firstly it was, the statue was huge. Plus, all the finest people in society were groveling before it. All of the influencers, if it was modern day, you'd have, you know, the YouTubers and the, you know, the, the Instagram influencers, you know, falling down before this. And, and so there was that kind of pressure to, to fit in and to conform. And, you know, aside from this, you, had, you heard this raging furnace burning in the background, ready to literally incinerate anyone who dared to disobey the king's commands. You know, Dwight L. Moody said this, What we want is men with a little courage to stand up for Christ. When Christianity wakes up, and I pray that day comes, that the slumbering church will wake up in the name of Jesus. Wake up, church! It's time to wake up. When Christians, when Christianity wakes up and every child that belongs to the Lord is willing to speak for him, is willing to work for him, and if need be, willing to die for him, then Christianity will advance and we will see the work of the Lord prosper. Amen. You see, this was a very pressurized situation, one where many would be tempted to give in to fear or panic and even question their faith and some of you today may be wondering, why am I being tested? Why am I facing these trials? Is my faith somehow defective? Does God not hear me or even love me? Uh, ha- have I somehow failed? Is, is my struggle evidence of the fact that I don't have faith or God's favor? You know, these are legitimate questions that people who are suffering ask, but the answer is found in faith, not fear. Because the Hebrew children could have asked these very same questions. God, why did you allow our nation to be conquered by a pagan nation, and uh, why do you allow us to be taken away from our homes and taken to a pagan land? I mean, they lost everything. They lost their nation, their freedom. They even their family. They even lost their names because their names were trained. They they were given pagan names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, were were names given by the Babylonians. And so, when Nebuchadnezzar set up the statue in the in the land, um, I'm sure they could have said. Lord, why have you allowed this to happen? Because just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, now here we are this place where an idol is being put up and they're demanding that we fall down and worship it. You know, they could have given into fear and panic and said, God, why God, why? Where are you, God? You know, some Christians live their lives, you know, saying, why God, why? Listen, there's some things you may not understand this side of eternity, but one thing you can do is you can trust God even when you don't understand. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. You know, Job says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We can trust him even when we don't understand. And when the demand to worship was given, I'm sure they, could, they started to say, Lord, help. Anytime now would be good. But sometimes our faith will be tested in the fire. Isaiah 43 and 2. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not. Be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. And this is the amazing thing. Sometimes you have to walk through the fire, but this is the amazing thing. The only thing the fire consumed was their bonds. They were, they were chained going into the fire. They were free coming out of it. And you're going to come out of this, hallelujah, anointed. You're going to come out of this free. You're going to come out of this in a new place of intimacy and freedom with God. Romans 8, 28, we know in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, God can use the situation you're grappling with right now to draw you closer to him. Because the Hebrew children could have, uh, they would never have met the lord unless they're willing to walk through the fire and this is why sometimes believers don't encounter the lord because when they're meant to go through something they step back and they say the cost is too high or it's too painful or there must be another way some listen you got to keep moving forward in jesus name amen because through their courageous faith these three men encountered the pre-incarnate Christ in the fires of affliction 600 years before he was made flesh and Daniel three twenty-five talks about there is a fourth and he looks like the son of God well hallelujah that's why that's because he is the son of God you know we see him on a number of occasions in the old testament the Lord made guest appearances so to speak but here they met the Lord in the fire and so they came through the fire to favor and promotion and at the other side of your trial you will be promoted at the other side of this challenge right now you're going to come forth to promotion and to favor in Jesus name amen And you, you turn to your neighbor today and say you know what I'm coming out of this in Jesus name I'm coming out blessed and not stressed. And I'm not even going to smell of smoke. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to believe that. I'm coming out of this in Jesus' name. I'm coming through this. And this is the coolest thing. Because they chose obedience over obeisance. And every one of us will face that choice as well. They chose obedience over obeisance. They chose the fear of God over the fear of man. They met the Messiah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, Jesus is the fourth man in every fire. And he will meet you. And if you happen to be in the fires of testing today, know this. You will encounter him if you choose courage rather than despair. Obedience rather than compromise. John 14, 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. 1 John 2, 17. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does, the will of God lives forever. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Obedience is so important, amen? And clearly, when you read the book of Joshua, we see that obedience characterized his leadership, amen? He was diligent to seek and obey God's direction in all that he did. Thank you, brother. So Joshua was very diligent to obey God, just like Moses. But obedience to God is not without its dangers or challenges. And this is why we realize, when you determine that you're gonna obey God, all of hell mobilizes and conspires to hinder you. And we see this at AI. Because they had a tremendous victory at Jericho. They gave a shout, the walls came down. If you missed some of the previous messages, you can c- catch them on, on YouTube, All Nations Church Dublin, and it'll encourage you. But you know, they, they had a great victory at, at Jericho. and um, But you know what? They became complacent, and sometimes it's after a victory that we experience our greatest defeats. And so we see the sin of Achan. Um, uh, they decided they didn't need too many people to go and attack AI, so 3,000 men, but they fled before the men of AI. Verse six: Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth in his face before the ark of the Lord till evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content to dwell on the other side of the Jordan. And so, none of us are exempt from the temptation to give in to fear and despair. Even Joshua, this mighty man, the Lord had had used him and appeared to him in so many ways and and anointed him. And yet, Joshua, you know, was moved by what he saw. And uh, verse 10, so the Lord said to Joshua, get up, why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned and they have transgressed my covenant which I commanded them and they have taken some of the accursed things and have stolen and deceived and put it in their own stuff therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before them and they become doomed to destruction neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you get up and sanctify yourselves and say sanctify yourselves for tomorrow There is an accursed thing, Israel, in your midst, and you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Uh, Let me just say this. If you've compromised in your life, you will not stand before the enemy. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you, but the devil will walk all over you. As long as you're messing, like I said, it may be porn or alcohol or drugs or immorality. I don't know what it is, but as long as you're playing with the devil's stuff, he has access to your life. Jesus said, Satan comes, but he has nothing in me. We must... We must keep the door of our lives shut to Satan. Amen. Keep our door the doors of our lives shut. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like those old sermons, holiness or hell, hallelujah. God has a way that we're called to walk in. But Joshua fell on his face after the defeat at Ai, and we see him temporarily lose courage, or at least lose perspective for a moment. You know, we've all been there. It reminds me of Exodus 14, where, you know, they came to the Red Sea, the army of Pharaoh was behind them, and the people started to panic. Um, Exodus 14 and verse 11 then they said to Moses, because there is no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so doubted us to bring us out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone, do we serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And that's the temptation sometimes that we can, we can be tempted to settle for less than what God has for us. Simply because it seems too difficult or too hard. But remember, uh, if, if you could do it by yourself, you would Need God. God never calls you to do something you can do in your own strength. And so here they were tempted to settle. They were tempted to say, "Oh, it'd been better for us to be slaves." No, I'd prefer to live as a free, die as a free man than to live as a slave. And Moses said to the people, "Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which you will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you will hold your peace." Verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Amen? You see, we are called to take ground. Amen? We're called to go forward. You're not called to settle. Amen? Uh, You know, Martin Luther King said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Amen? And you see, this is why on both occasions, whether Joshua on his face or the children of Israel before the Red Sea, on both occasions, God rebuked them, said, get up and stop acting pathetic and move forward. Man, you see, we are called to move forward, to take ground. But, you know, we've all had those thoughts kind of assail us at times. Well, what if God doesn't do what he said to me and I'm left looking stupid? I mean, have you ever been kept awake at night over some situation in your life? I've been there frequently. But this is why we need courage. Amen. We need courage because, look, anyone can shout when the walls have fallen down, but it takes courage to shout when you see nothing. And this is the biblical principle. The biblical biblical principle is that manifestation always follows observation. Amen. Manifestation follows observation and declaration, not vice versa. It would be easy to confess the word after you see it, but we have to confess it before we see it, amen? You have to step out of the boat before you can walk on the water, I mean, did Joshua feel weary? I'm sure he probably did. Moses' shoes were big ones to fill. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that this defeat at Ai was a confirmation of his worst fears, that he didn't have what it took to be a great leader. And who did he think anyway to think that he could replace a great leader like Moses? But, you know, sometimes being courageous means willing, being willing to let go of good because you want God. What did God say to Joshua in the beginning in chapter one verse two? Moses my servant is dead, now therefore arise. You know what God was saying? yes it was great with Moses but Moses is gone move forward in Jesus name and some of you need to stop trying to live in yesterday sometimes you have to be willing to let go of what is good because you want to reach for what is God and there can be a big difference between the two. so to do what Joshua had done to strike out and to cut new pathways you know uh, to to go out and go where nobody had gone before that took courage you see Moses brought the people out of slavery and for four 40 years, he faithfully led them through the desert wanderings. He brought them out, but he couldn't bring them in. That's why Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things. Do not consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. It takes courage to change. It takes courage to change, to be a voice, not an echo, to be an original, not an imitation, amen? To strive for excellence when everybody else is happy with, with average or mediocrity. No, it takes courage to re- reach out there for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's a high calling because not everybody will reach for it. Not everybody wants it, but there is a high calling on every one of us. It takes courage to get up and try again, and if necessary, start all over again. You know, for some of you, that means joining a spiritual church that teaches you to walk by faith. Others of you may be taking a college course, joining, a Bible, joining Bible school, applying for a mortgage or a new job, leaving an old job or career in order to start a business or even to start a political party if necessary. But you know what? Whatever it is, it takes courage to start over. You may be divorced. You may have failed. You may have just been released from prison. You know, do it this time with God. Amen. Try again. Build again. Love again. Amen. Apply again. You know, will you feel fear? Of course you will. That's part of it. But you know what? That's normal. But you know what? Don't let fear stop you. Give me five minutes and I'm finished. Courage isn't the absence of fear, but doing the right thing anyway. You know, it's time to take courage and step forward because you can see your destiny come to pass in spite of those who mock or criticize or belittle or condemn you. You know, Isaiah 40 and 10 says, his reward is with him. The Lord has a reward for every one of us, but we need courage in order to do what he's telling us to do. But you might say, pastor, nobody believes in me. Well, Jesus does. Your Father does. The Spirit of God does. And they're cheering you on. And the Bible says that there's a cloud of witnesses in heaven cheering you on that you would run your race as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can't fail. You can see your family saved. You can see your nation saved. Isaiah 66 and 8. Can a nation be born in a day where we believe Jesus' name? Ireland is going to come to Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to see it. It's time to be brave and believe. It's time to stand. It's time to conquer. We are more than conquerors through Christ who gives us strength. Glory to God. Because it's only the courageous who conquer. Amen? And that's why it was Joshua and Caleb who lived to see the promised land. Why? They were men of faith. The rest died in the wilderness. Numbers 32, 11. Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they have... Not wholly followed me except Caleb and Joshua, for they have wholly followed the Lord. You see, faith and courage sets you apart from the crowd. You know, I'm not being smart, but you know, some ministers need to grow a spine. Amen? Because we're not called to win popularity contests. We're called to stand and speak for God, and if necessary, seal our testimony with our blood. And every one of us are called to that. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And you know what, in some ways I think sometimes preachers have misrepresented the gospel. It's come to Jesus and he waves the magic wands and fix everything in your life. Well, you know, sometimes you're going to go through hell on the way to fulfilling your destiny. But we're called to come and die. He said, take up your cross. He didn't sit down and he didn't say sit down on your couch. He said, take up your cross and follow me. And we, you know, back then they understood a cross just meant two things, pain and death. A man carrying a cross was a dead man walking. Well, Christ has called us to follow him. Amen? And we must make that decision because if we will not sell out to him, why should we be surprised if the world doesn't take our message seriously? Amen? Exodus 14.8, it says, The children of Israel came out with boldness. You know, I believe God wants to release a new boldness in the hearts of every one of us in Jesus' name. A new boldness and new courage that we haven't had before. Amen? Hallelujah. Because again, we're called to walk in a new boldness and a new fire that God has reserved for these end days. Boldness to go with God. Boldness to go with the gospel. To proclaim this message. Boldness to dare to be different. Amen. To not being fearful of standing out. You know, Numbers 13, 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we're well able to overcome. You know, the voice of faith resonates through the ages and 45 years later, Caleb still had a voice of faith. He still had a shout of faith. Joshua 14 and 8. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. You know, Caleb is 85, but the fire is still burning. He's still ready to conquer. He said, give me my mountain. And some of you need to have that, that shout. You know, you need to say, you know what? Give me my mountain. My, my family is going to come to Christ. My children are going to come to Christ. I'm going to receive healing in the name of Jesus. I'm going to buy that home in Jesus' name. I'm going to, Hallelujah. I'm, I'm stepping out of this cycle of abuse or depression or despair in Jesus' name. Give me my mountain. Sometimes you just got to grit your teeth and say, devil, back off in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. It's time to take the land. Caleb and Joshua had courage. Is it any surprise that God kept them? Joshua eleven twenty three. But Joshua took So Joshua took the entire land just as the Lord had directed Moses and it says then the land had rest from war. What was the difference with Caleb and Joshua? Because Caleb and Joshua saw the same land, the same giants, but they had a very different report. You know why? They were looking at the situation through the lens of faith and not fear. You know, over this last year, many of us have been brainwashed through our media into thinking that fear is somehow virtuous. Planes would never have flown. You know, buildings would never have been built. Bridges would never have been built. Land would never have been conquered. Breakthroughs would never have been made if our previous generations had been so ruled by fear as we are. The Bible says God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. I've made that decision. I'm not going to be ruled by fear. You know, some pastors think they're being virtuous by having their churches closed. No, people are going to die anyway jesus said preach the gospel the only thing that can fix your soul is the gospel a vaccine can't save you from hell amen Amen. you must be born again you must be born again hallelujah you must be saved and that's why i want to finish here but i think it's so important they were looking at things through the lens of faith numbers 14 the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing of milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up, their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. As the will come forward, we have to learn to think and talk and live differently. We must be people of faith. And here are Joshua's parting words. Not just to the children of Israel, but to us today. Joshua twenty-four fifteen. And if it seems evil for you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites and whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's why I love people bringing their little babies and dedicating them because there are people that have made that decision. I'm not just going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to leave my family behind me. As for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. Have you made an unqualified, unreserved committal of your life to Jesus Christ? And if not, why not? It's time to take the land. It's time to take our destinies, our families, our neighborhoods, our nations back. It's time to be bold. It's time to be brave. It's time to be courageous. Stand to your feet today. Give a shout of praise to the Lord in Jesus' name. It's time to be courageous.